Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, guys, there's, there's two issues that I really... I really don't like preaching about. I mean, I love teaching and preaching. But I, there's two issues that I just kind of shy away from, usually. One is money. I don't like talking about money. Folks, that's the number one thing people think about when they come to church is money. And the other is politics. And again, that's what folks think about when they think about church, is the church is going to talk about politics and what we should, who should we should vote for and stuff. So when, as you know, for those of you who know, George goes through books of the Bible. So I go verse by verse through a section, and this is the next section. And I and I and I got at the beginning of the week, and I was looking at the next section. I kind of knew this was coming, and I thought, oh, that's the next passage. I don't want to preach that, Lord. Can I just go on to the next one? And I I, I can't. You'd be wondering why did he skip that one. So today we're going to, as we're progressing through our earth walk in the Gospel of Luke, we're going to be talking about Jesus and what he says about politics and about government. Because what it is, is a question that's posed to him, and with all questions that are posed to him at this point, it's a loaded question. They're trying to to undermine his life, they're trying to get at him, trying to disprove him. But it has to do with politics, and in particular, it has to do with something we all love. Taxes. Do you know what I mean? Don't we love taxes? It's on everything, isn't it? You know? So what we want to do today is we want to look at this whole issue of politics. So let's set the stage. Let's look at the scripture and look at what Jesus says about it. We're in in Luke chapter 20. We're going to look at verse 20 through 26. And see what's happening here. Look with me. The writer Luke says this. So they watched him and sent spies who pretended to be righteous, that they might seize on his words, in order to deliver him to the power and authority of the governor. Let me just stop for a moment. The governor there means the Roman governor. Then they asked him, saying, Teacher, we know that you say and teach rightly, and you do not show personal favoritism. But teach the way of God in truth. Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But he perceived their craftiness and said to them, Why do you test me? Show me a denarius. Whose image and inscription does it have? And they answered and said, Caesar's. And then he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And to God, the things that are God's. But they could not catch him in his words in the presence of the people, and they marveled at his answer and kept silent. Folks, here's what we're going to do. We're going to see, first of all, the first section there. We're going to see a loaded question. We're going to see why they're posing this question to him. And then we're going to spend the rest of the time seeing his pronouncement. He's going to answer their question and... Basically, from that, we're going to gain some things for you and I to know, especially in this whole area of politics. So let's look at the issue, first of all. What's the loaded question? We see that in verse 20 to 22. First of all, we see in verse 20, he says, They watched him 
and sent spies who pretended to be righteous that they might seize on his words in order to deliver him to the power and authority of the governor. Here's what's going on. Number one, they were looking to discredit Jesus. Looking to discredit Jesus. So let me just stop for a moment. I, I, just, I think it's a good point for all of us here, especially if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. You need to understand that there really are three types of people in this world who, that are unbelievers. Three types of people who are unbelievers. So of course, there's the believer. That's not one of the three types. Among unbelievers, you're going to have three types of people. You're going to have people who are seeking, who are interested, and want to know something about what you believe. Everybody know that. Number two, you're going to find people who just don't care. They're really not interested. It means nothing to them. They show no interest at all. Now, how many of you have met somebody in either one of the groups? We've all met people like that. Now, there's a third group, and the third group, and this is something you need to be aware of and you need to be cautious of in your life as you live your life out and people know that you're a follower of Jesus Christ. There are going to be people who are going to seek to discredit what you believe. If you haven't come to the realization of that, you need to come to the realization of that, period. Yes, there are people who are interested. Yes, there are people who don't care. But there are other people that they're just looking for a reason to discredit you. Do you understand what I'm saying? To destroy your testimony. And the older you get, the more you realize that. The longer you walk with Jesus, the more you realize that. These folks are antagonistic. They may not be overtly antagonistic. Like, for instance, these guys are showing up to Jesus, and they're looking for a reason to discredit him. But are they being antagonistic? Are they being mean? No, they're flattering him. They kind of are fitting in with the crowd a little bit. But their whole reason is to look for a reason to discredit him. Here's the other thing that's going on. They were not interested in truth. So here they come to Jesus. Look at what they say to him, verse 21. Then they asked him, saying, Teacher, we know that you say and teach rightly, and you do not show personal favoritism, but teach the way of truth. And then they ask him the question, Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Here's what's going on. They're asking him this nice question, but it's a loaded question, and it's not because they're really interested in finding out the truth. Sometimes people will come to you and they will ask you things and ask you your opinion and it's not really because they're interested. With these folks, they had a loaded motive. They were looking for something to discredit him. And here's what I want you to see. With this question, they're trying to cause a problem here. And I'll tell you what the problem is here in a moment, but here's the point I want you to see. Division suited their purpose. Division suited their purpose. In fact, let's be honest. Do you want to? You're right down there, just in the margin, right beside that point. This is what politics is about. You ever notice that? It's not about coming together. I mean, we hear that all the time. What's the deal? Because division suits the purpose. And the issue isn't the thing about working together. The issue is is to dominate so that what you want happens. Who cares about the other guy? That's what politics is. And that's exactly what they're doing here. Because here's what they're doing with this question. What's going on here is the tax that they're referring to is specifically called a poll tax. Now, what is that? Well, I think we have something similar to that in, in our area. I mean, I, I, think they, I don't think they have this tax anymore. They changed it and called it something else and made it even more than what we used to. But you guys remember when we paid $13 for the right to work in Kerwinsville? They changed, or Clearfield? I could see everybody, yeah. 
We didn't like that tax. And then they changed it now. It's $52 a year now instead of 13 And they changed the name of it. Do you remember that tax? Okay. Well, this is a similar tax, except what Rome would do, they called it the poll tax. And that is, is that they would tax everybody from the age 16 up to 65. You had to pay a poll tax. It's kind of a census tax. In fact, isn't it? in fact, that's why, remember when we read in Luke chapter 2 about them coming down into, into Bethlehem because there had to be a census? The reason for the census was the poll tax. So it wasn't a favorite tax. It was not like, like, first of all, is there anything like a favorite tax? No, no, it's not. It was the most despised tax. Because they knew that money wasn't going to stay in Israel. That money was going to go to Rome. And they hated it. So these guys are pretty crafty because they're coming up. they got a loaded question. And they said, okay, we got Jesus here. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to ask him, what does he think about paying taxes? Because here's what happens. If Jesus says, pay the taxes, all the people will be angry. They'll be upset. They won't agree with his teaching, and he won't have the followers that he had before. Because everybody hates this tax. Now, if Jesus says, don't pay the tax, they'll turn him into the Roman government that he's creating a problem, and they'll execute him because he's causing a revolt against Rome and paying of the taxes. You see the dilemma here. This is what they're trying to do. They're trying to cause a division here. And it's suiting their purpose because their ultimate purpose is what? Getting rid of Jesus. Trying to prove him wrong. Trying to, trying to destroy him. So they think they've got him on the horns of a dilemma. So then Jesus gives his pronouncement. And that's where we're going to spend the rest of our time here. And that's where we're going to talk about the politics of Jesus. Look with me. Look at what he does. Verse 23. But he perceived their craftiness... And said to them, why do you test me? Okay, let's just stop for a moment. I'm not going to give you a point, but I want you to get, I'm going to give you a thought. Isn't it interesting that Jesus knows the motives of men? You can't pull one over on Jesus. Do you understand? That's, that there's some implication for you and I in our lives. Sometimes we act like God doesn't know what's going on in our life. Or he doesn't know our motives. Like, you know, Jesus, I did this for you. Yeah, well, he knows the motive, the reason why we did it. He knows our motives. So look at what it says there. He says, show me a denarius. Let me help you understand what a denarius is. A denarius was a coin, and the value of that coin represented one day's wages. So you think about it. Think about what it is today to get paid. Let's say Jesus is saying, show me a $50 bill, because that's a day's wage. Show me a $50 bill. He says, show me a denarius, and he says, whose image and inscription are on it? So he's doing the rhetorical thing again by posing another question. He's saying, show me a coin. They show him a coin. Because everybody would have this coin. So they're all walking around with Roman money in their pocket. And he's saying to me, whose inscription is on it? And they'll say what? Caesar's. So, okay, for instance, like if I asked everybody, okay, pull out a bill, whatever it is, from a $1 to whatever, okay, or a coin, What inscription is on it, you would say, the U.S. government, the federal government, right? Okay, because that's who's stamping that that stuff. So he's saying, they say Caesar, so then he gives them a pronouncement. And he says, and it's it's pretty wild, here's what he says. And he said to them, 
Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God. Blows them away. Here's the points I want you to see. Number one, this is the closest thing to a political statement from Jesus. If we're going to understand the politics of Jesus, this is the closest thing to a political statement from Jesus Christ. Everybody want to know if what party Jesus is for? Everybody want to know how what Jesus thinks about politics and all of that? This statement right here is the closest thing that he comes to in all of the Gospels with all of the teaching that's between the four Gospels to a political statement. Isn't that interesting? Nowhere else. Why? Because I want you to understand, Jesus, here's the second point, Jesus is not interested in a political agenda. Listen to me. We sometimes get wrapped up in that. The church in North America, I'm just going to be flat out honest with you, I know. I've been there. So, I mean, politics was always there. And it's so easy, you know, and, and, and much of what we hear on the Christian radio station or on Christian TV or in Christian books in this country, there's almost always an element of what in it? Politics. But you know what? When you read the Gospels... There's only one statement, and it's right here. Why? Can I tell you why? Because Jesus isn't interested in political agendas. He's interested in his what? Own agenda. It's not what party's agenda and what he advocated. Like I was, I was driving down from Lori's parents, and I was driving down the hill, and I think it was, a, I may have been a few months ago, and I saw a billboard, and it was like, what health insurance policy would Jesus buy? I'm, 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 I'm like, what? <laughs> he couldn't kill us! This is what we got to understand. Here's the problem. Can I tell you what the issue is? You may want to write this down. We have gotten comfortable with melding and merging our political feelings with our Christianity. And the two can't go together. We've gotten comfortable with merging our patriotism with our belief. And the two can't go together. I'm patriotic. I'm all-American. But the two can't go together. You say, I don't know if I, if I agree with you, George. Give me some other Bible to tell me that. Well, let, let's go to Joshua. And Joshua, there's an interesting thing that happened just before they take Jericho. Joshua's at night and he sees a guy standing there with a sword in his hand. as the angel of the Lord. And Joshua says, who are you? Whose side are you on? 
And the angel of the Lord speaks to him and says, Neither, for I'm the captain of the Lord of hosts. And Joshua planted his face into the ground because he realized that he was in the presence of God. And that's the point that we need to understand. God's not interested in what side we're on. He's interested in what side are you on and are you on his side. Do you understand? That's the politics of Jesus. So he says something here that's very interesting, and here's what I want you to see. We're going to look at it here, and again, I might ruffle some feathers. But here's what the issue is. Number one, he's interested in God's people honoring God. That's the issue here. His agenda is God's people honoring God with their lives, with the way they live their lives, the way they carry out their lives. His issue is with you and I honoring God with our lives. That was his agenda. In fact, he came to go to the cross to die for us, to give us the ability to do that. Because without the cross and the forgiveness and the salvation that comes from the cross, I can't live for him. I can't bring glory to God with my life as a sinner. He's interested in God's people honoring God. But you know what? Isn't that what we talk about these days? We're not interested in honoring God. I mean, you think about some of the political speech that's going on today that's represented by Christianity. I have not seen some things that have been more hateful. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, there's that guy that, that's protesting outside of the funerals of soldiers, and he, and he claims to be a minister. One day he's got to answer for that. And it won't be before a civil judge. It'll be before the great judge. Do you understand what I'm saying? The issue with Jesus isn't what we think it is oftentimes. It's what he wants from us, and what he wants from us is what? To glorify God. And that's what his focus here is with these people. So then he does this. He tells them one other thing. In fact, he tells them the first thing. What does he say? He says, render to Caesar that which is Caesar's. Here's what he's want. Here's what Jesus wants. Here's the politics of Jesus. We must honor God, but here's what he also says. We must fulfill our obligations to government. We must fulfill our obligations to government. Got a pair of taxes. Well, you know, I don't agree with what our government is doing with our taxes. Hey, I understand. It disgusts me, too. But can I remind you of something? When you can, in fact, I just, uh, I'm a book reader, so I'm always looking for books. Lori sent me to go get something, and as I'm walking by, I saw this book in their $1 bin. And it was a history book on ancient Rome. And I thought, one dollar. I'm always looking for something to help me to understand the culture. So I bought the book. And I'm almost finished with it. And you know what? If we look at what our government is and we look at the government of Rome. (laughs) We are lily white. And why am I saying that? 
Because this is the people Jesus said to render to what belongs to them. There could be no more evil of government than Rome. But he says, what? To render to them. Some, some of you will say, well, that's just one statement, George. You know, when we get to the New Testament, we're, you know, we're in the church age and things are different. Well, yeah, you go over to Romans 13. And, it, and Paul takes it one step further than Jesus and says that the government, the powers that be are ordained of God. He's the one who sets them up. And he calls us to what? Pay our taxes. That's rough, isn't it? What is he calling us to? Here's the politics of Jesus. He's calling us to be citizens who fulfill their responsibilities, but in the meantime, we live our lives to honor who? God. Paul would take it one step further. In Timothy, in the letters to Timothy, he would tell us to pray for kings and those in authority so that we can live our lives peaceably. So let me ask you a question. As much as you get riled up about government, and maybe even put your Facebook post about government, do you spend that same amount of time praying for government? See, it doesn't even matter what party you are. Because I hear as much complaining when one party has the office and the other party does. I mean, we all complain about it, right? And you know what, as I've pastored through the years, you know what I've learned to do? Is just stick to spiritual things, George. Because even if a guy says he's from the same party that you like, you're not going to agree with him. And isn't that true? Why? Because politics divides. Do you understand? So he's telling us here, you know what? He's interested in God's people honoring God, and we must fulfill our obligation to government. But here's one other thing he's pointing out here. Render to God the things which are God. What's he saying here? We must surrender our allegiance to God. Do you know what I mean? Some of you, I know because I was there, I'm a, I'm a news junkie. Thankfully, I'm, I'm in recovery and it's a good thing, because it was affecting me negatively. When you listen to too much news and too much talk shows, it affects you negatively. You become critical and you become angry. You want know negative in, you don't get positive out. And so much stuff from CNN and Fox or whatever your favorite news channel is, and you get so riled up over stuff that you have no... Control over. What God's calling us to is to surrender our allegiance to him, that he's in control. You know, it, <laughs> there, is, there is a sense, you know, I used to hear, like, boy, I wish we had the good old days. Remember hearing those things, the good old days? Well, the good old days weren't good either. But there was one good thing about the good old days, because I do remember this, because here's the thing, we didn't have instant news. Some of you can remember, if you're old enough, to remember the war years when you would hear about a battle a month after it happened, not as it was happening. 
you know what, it's okay, you know, as a good citizen, we do need to be political, we do need to support our parties, we do need to do what we need to do, but we got to keep everything in perspective. There's something else. And it's one who overrules. It's one who's in control and who's sovereign. And that's where my allegiance lays. Not with any party, not with any candidate, not with any government, but with Jesus. And in the meantime, he tells me there are certain obligations I need to fulfill here as I'm somewhere else. I think we need to get a grip and listen to what Jesus says. And what did he say? Look Look with me together here. This is the most political statement from Jesus. Verse 25, and he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God. You say, okay, George, how do we close this up? This is not one of those great messages I want to hear. Oh, hey, I understand that. It's not one of those messages I want to talk about, okay? But I do have some thoughts for you. Like, number one, let's be honest. What are you consumed with? What are you consumed with? All you got to do is think about what you're thinking about. Think about what you're fussing about. That's really the good one right there. Think about what you're fussing about. And you can see immediately what you're consumed with. That's really a good question, isn't it? Because here's the other thing. Are you looking to Jesus to support your agenda? Are you? Are you looking to Jesus to support whatever your agenda is? And we all have our agendas, and we, especially if we, we line up with or feel very strongly about politics, we all have an agenda. Are you looking for Jesus to support your agenda? And you just need to ask that question, and I'm going to be flat out honest with you. Prepare to be disappointed. Because he couldn't care less about our agendas. It's not about what we want. For the nation. It's about what he wants. Did you understand what I'm saying? I mean, let's get off our thrones and let him on the throne. That's the politics of Jesus. So what do we do with that, George? Well, as we go about our week and as we get our tax notices and, uh, you know, yeah, we, we just passed April 15th, but... You'll get your paycheck, and you look at the pay stub, and you'll see Social Security, Medicare, unemployment tax, local tax. What's this new one? And as you're listening to the news, and you're hearing about this, that, or another that's coming out of D.C., you got to ask the Spirit, here's the action point, ask the Spirit, to help keep help you keep a proper focus. Ask the Spirit to help you keep a proper the proper focus. The proper focus. What's that? What God wants. What God wants. That's the politics of Jesus, folks. You gotta do what you gotta do as a citizen of wherever you are, yeah. But you also have to give God what He wants. Keep the proper focus. 
Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.